Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Film Optics Podcast brought to you by the Drive-In Podcast Network, where we discuss film, TV, and everything pop culture related. I'm your host, Christian, and every single week I'm joined by my co-host, Devin. It is Friday, my dude. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It's finally here. Friday's here. How's your work week been? Um, not too bad. Yeah. It's over. It's all that matters. Yeah, that is very true. I'm <laughs> for me, it's you know, I'm I'm glad it's the weekend. I'm just, you know, ready to, you know, relax a little bit. You know, it's it's been a long work week and just I just, I just wanna, you know, relax and kind of just enjoy myself, watch some Godzilla versus Kong twice already, once at home and once in theaters. So we'll just have to I don't know. It's it's good stuff. It's it, it's a perfect kaiju movie. That's that's all I have to say. Like I went there for the monsters, and I got my monster fight. So there we go. Unlike the unlike the first Godzilla movie, where it was like <laughs> the twenty fourteen Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, the uh, I think it was the twenty fourteen Godzilla <laughs> versus. Yeah. yeah, that one was it. It was rough for sure, man. Oh man. So have you checked out Outriders yet? No, Ethan's been playing a lot of that lately. I, I played the beta. And it felt pretty mid. Mini, mm-hmm. Yeah, because <laughs> Ethan was like really pissed because he couldn't get it on Game Pass for PC. And I think it's only available on Game Pass for console for, you know, quote unquote free. So <laughs> there was that whole debacle. But I told him like, all right, man, you, you just 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 drop to 60. <laughs> like, I mean, I guess it, he it got definitely, it. Uh, definitely didn't seem worth paying for. That was just me. Yeah, um, I'm. I was kind of hoping that this would have been on Game Pass or PC. I don't have an Xbox. I'm hoping. I'm hoping Deathloop will too. I wonder how that's going to work. So I know for Deathloop, at least for I don't know if it's for a year. I, I know it is a timed exclusive for now for PlayStation, and then I know it is supposed to move to Xbox, but I don't know. It is going to be on PC too. Yeah, it is going to. be. Yeah, well, that's all Devin cares about anyway. So. <laughs> so maybe game pass or pc hook us up maybe possible that that looks really good i'm very very excited for that one um, yeah i definitely want to get it it's just so hard because we haven't really had like a good like looter shooter since honestly since like borderlands 2 and that was ages ago i mean yeah we had borderlands 3 like it was fun while it lasted but was it really all that great yeah <laughs> But and and, two season passes, which was so dumb. Yeah, and <laughs> I was live. I never even bought into it. I was going to, and I was like, "Am I really going to be playing Borderlands three all that much?" Like, I beat it, and I was just like, mm, "Probably not." So, I don't know. It is what it is. Anyway, no small talk here, Devin. Let's get into. We have a double feature review for everyone here today. We're going to be reviewing Invincible episode four and the Falcon and Winter Soldier episode three. Today was, I mean, this week was, you know, it, it was a crazy week for both of us, uh, especially for Devin, you know, he's um, moving back home soon. So, you know, he's been back and forth a lot, but um, I, we figured this would probably be the best way. Maybe next week we can separate them. I'm not entirely sure, but. Yeah, uh, if we keep getting invincible early, then. We will. Easy. Yeah, no, we, we, I think they, I think it drops on Wednesday through our mailboxes. So that actually would make it a lot easier, honestly. Um, so, which is really great because some, some studios do that, some don't. So it kind of just depends on that, but Hey, it is what it is. But so we're going to, uh, we're going to start off with our invincible episode for review coming up for you here now. You need to be better after everything he's done. How can I live up to all that? You need to decide what kind of hero you want to be. So yeah, let's do invincible episode four and forewarning for everyone out there. This is going to be a spoiler review, but first we'll we'll dive into the non-spoiler parts first so that everyone has a chance to at least, you know, this is the beginning of the podcast, you know, it's, we're, we're, we're here to give you that smooth jazz, 107.3, <laughs> the way. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we ever did spoilers for the first three episodes. I don't think we did either. No, we didn't because we released that on, embar- on uh, Embargo Day. Yeah. <laughs> so... so- when, when are we going to catch Omni Man? We got this man needs to be brought to justice. Seriously though, like so, uh, so yeah. Going moving up from you know episode three. So you from people who have already watched it. You know first episode, and this is again 
spoiler warnings. Sorry, we're just going to kind of talk about it. Um, definitely watch it if you haven't already. But turn back now if you haven't even seen the first three episodes. But yeah, Omni-Man just just wrecking shit, man. Just, I mean, pardon my French, but he's, he's, he's a man on the move. He's just, I, I don't know what his motives are. I think he wants to either take over the world or like, he's been acting a little more sus since like his son got his powers. And it's like, yeah, we, we still have no idea what his motives are. Just kind of, he's just doing all this crazy <laughs> shit. And like, we've seen the whole, like, Oh, what if Superman was evil type thing. But what I really like about invincible. And I think I said this in our review is that, you know, it's not DC, it's not Marvel. It is its own thing. Like, yes, it does borrow some tropes. Like, Omni-Man is obviously, you know, some form or draws some inspiration from Superman. But, I mean, and, and so does um, Homelander, of course, from <laughs> from The Boys. But this this is pretty freaking, um, this is just as gruesome as The Boys, just an animated form. We need an Invincible The, the Boys crossover. I do. We could bring we could bring the boys into the, the animated universe. That would actually I would actually like that a lot because I know I think I read somewhere that Invincible is also supposed to be getting a, like a live action film yeah, somewhere down the line as well. You think Steven Yeun's is going to cross over to the silver screen? Just he definitely could. I think most of the actors could. They yeah. all fit the physical appearances of the characters. Time to get physical, physical. You can even get Mr. Krabs as uh, Damon, what's his name? Damien Darkblood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me all your money. God, I can't do that voice anymore. But yeah, I, I it's it's crazy to think that this show has blown up the way it, it, it has. Because like when I watched it, I was like, oh my God, like I really, really liked it. But I didn't know if a lot of people were going to like it or not because it is animated. And usually a lot of people shy away from the animated side of just anything when it comes to superhero stuff. They, they automatically think it's kiddish. And it's like, well, if you've seen Batman, the animated series, definitely a lot of adult themes in there. Um, aside from like the more recent DC animated movies, those are some of them are rated R like uh, Justice League uh, Apocalypse, Justice, Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man, the, the series so far has been very good. And even with episode four, which is what we're here to talk about today, um, it's titled Neil Armstrong, eat your heart out. So I wanted to get your initial reactions on this episode first, before we kind of break down what happens, um, in episode four. Um, I thought it was all right. You can definitely see what they're, maybe what they're trying to build towards just planting seeds for us here and there, yeah. getting out the the clues for us to try to pick up. Yeah. It's, I think how many episodes is, I mean, not yeah. How many episodes is season one supposed to have? Do we know? I think eight. Okay. I did. Yeah. I thought it was eight. Wow. These, these short episodes, man, they're just halfway there. We're we're halfway there with, with both, um, with both series with Falcon and the winter soldier and invincible. Now this is crazy. I, I, I don't know what really what to think. I, for some reason, I thought it was a solid 10. But, I mean, these episode run times are, they do pu- push like 40 to 45 minutes. And I believe with um, with episode four, it is f- around 45 minutes. And we... Yeah, they're all about 45. Yeah, we, we, we definitely get that. Um, you know, the full 45. It's not like with WandaVision where it shows like 45 and we... And like 15 of it is like, you know, credits yeah. and stuff like that. But I mean, it, I can kind of understand with WandaVision because there is so much that went into that show. And they did say, you know, this does have more VFX than Avengers Endgame. So there was a lot of people working on that product. And it's like, you know, you have to make sure to, you know, mention everyone who was involved. So I totally, totally get it. Um, now that I think about it, at least. But yeah, episode four, um, I guess for my initial reaction so far, it has, like, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, I, I got a few chuckles here and there, uh, especially when uh, Grayson, you know, he, him and um, I think I think it is Zazie Beat's character. I'm drawing a blank on the name of the actual character right now. Um, the girl that he goes on a date with and he finds the Amber. Um, Amber. Um, so you know, things with them are going pretty well. And like you said, you know, they are planting seeds and it seems as of right now, um, you know, everyone kind of knows what's going on. 
um, for for the most part, some people are kind of out of the dark with Omni Man's um, ha- the happening, I guess you can say. But overall, you know, so they 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 go to Mars and whatnot um, in this episode, and it was a ploy for someone else. But um, but I'm getting ahead of myself for going for for the breakdown. But for my initial thoughts, um, I I really did enjoy it. Um, it kept me glued to my seat. Um, I kind of just didn't want it to end. Um, I know there are a lot of people out there who are actually waiting until next week to kind of watch, you know, uh, a few shows, uh, episodes back to back. And like, I, I can kind of understand if they were like around 30 minutes, but it, it is, this is a pretty good chunk. But, um, you know, it's diving deep into the lore. Um, I really like how Grayson, uh, Steve Yoon's character is. Um, it's just, he's still learning to be a hero. He's not just, oh, you know, episode four, he's, you know, he's here, he's, he's out there and it's, you know, he's still learning of what it means to be here. And that's what I really like about it. And it's just, it's, it's, it's good stuff. You know what I mean? I mean, Mark, Mark Grayson is one of those heroes who, you know, he, he is a late bloomer. He does get his powers um, at a later time and it's, you know, he's kind of, yeah, he's 17 years old. So that's, you know, prime time teenager form, but it's, I, I liked it so far. I'm, I, I really like this episode uh, for what it was definitely planted. Um, it, it was kind of creepy in a way, well, especially like the ending, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what's that in the closet? I'm like, Oh God. But yeah, so that's pretty much my initial reaction of it so far. So let's just kind of break down the episode. Um, so we, we get from this episode, we know that, the uh, the devil um, investigator and um, Omni Man's I guess his um, I would I wouldn't kind of like the shield like the superhero shield version in this universe you know what I mean yeah kind of yeah so you know they they it seems that everyone knows what's going on with Omni Man besides Mark and his wife but his wife really suspects something. But his wife even says, you know, ever since Mark got his powers, you've been acting like super, super crazy. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting dynamic because it's like it feels like everybody knows that he did it. But like, what the hell are they going to do? He's Omni-Man. Like they had to figure out a plan of of even beginning to try to figure out what he did and how to stop it because he can just destroy everybody. Yeah, it's it's kind of like... um, it's, it's, it's like they're sweeping it under the, under the rug and it, it's just like, Oh, you know, like nothing here to see. And I'm um, even, I mean, even the devil investigator, he's like, he just flat out says it like it wasn't even built up to it. You know, uh, uh, Omni man has like a few confrontations with them and he's like, he's uh, Omni man's like, Hey, you know, like you need to stay off my case. And he's like, Oh, well, you know, you, you killed seven people. He's come, comes out and says it. It's like, Oh, like there it is. Like, it's just, there i'm like wow like this is this is pretty cool but um yeah so i i don't know uh between so like there's there's technically mm, three stories here because the robot we see is you know yeah robot robots also looking nefarious (laughs) what are your thoughts on that it's kind of weird because it's kind of going against what the usual tropes because usually the robots kind of just like sidekick that always does whatever it's told in these type of stories but he's going off on his own and, and doing his own stuff he's got some interesting projects going on i guess he's been making moves for sure like he's just casually like you know that that weird blue man you know super strong alien he's you know regrowing like another version of him and it's just like the the robot he's just nonchalantly just playing both sides it seems like but i really want to know what his end game is because it's like what's the point like why is he well like you said he is nefarious and like what makes him like who is he actually working for that's what i really want to know but we also see mark you know in his adventure um going to mars and we learned that that was actually supposed to be a ploy to confront Omni-Man about, you know, him murdering the, um, was the, the global, de- uh, defenders or not, not the defenders, uh, global guardians of the world. I believe something it is like, something like yeah, that. Something like that. Guardians of the globe. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Guardians of the globe. It's actually not a bad name. Like that kind of rolls off the tongue. 
you know, it's better than, you know, you got Justice League, the Avengers, Guardians of the Globe. Nice. I like it. But, you know, we see Mark on, on his adventure and he was just starting to, you know, him and Amber kind of like canoodling a little bit. We see it a little bit through episodes one. They're, they're starting to feel each other. Yeah. They're starting to, <laughs> but teenage love. I love it how they went to the fair and he saw that, um, that one like trunk chest and he was like, Oh, he's like, you, he's like, Oh, you never got to buy one. He looks at the price tag and it's like $800. He's like, uh, let's get this rice separator, something more affordable. It's just, I don't know. I really like the dialogue, especially in this episode, because it's just, I don't know. It's, it's things that you would just automatically just think that normal people would say. It doesn't sound like super scripted. Like when he is, uh, when, when Mark is out in space, um, protecting the, um, the astronauts, like when they're on their way to Mars and, um, the guy tells him to pack a sandwich and then he tries to eat it. And obviously it didn't really work out that well. And he's just like, pack a sandwich, my ass. And it's just like, it's small little like dialogue moments like that, that I really like. Evan? Yeah. Oh, uh, sorry. I like that too. <laughs> but, um, the sandwich just crumbles away into space. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, I don't know. It's, it's little things like that. But then we also learned that, um, you know, they're those weird star-esque, like, brain little Martian, uh, what did Mark call them, dogs? But I, I forget, I'm blanking on the terminology of them because it was so outlandish. But the Martians were cool. What, what, what did you think about the whole um, the Mars uh, sequence? Yeah, I like the idea of, of Martians being on Mars, but they're, like, inside the planet or the, uh, <laughs> the under the surface. Yeah. Just walking around. Which actually makes sense because it's like, I mean, no, Mars isn't Earth, but it seems that Mars is more of a rock solid planet versus <laughs> versus Earth. But yeah, it, it is kind of funny how you know, he was how Mark was supposed to be, um, you know, guarding these astronauts. And then he kind of just falls asleep and doesn't even realize that they get yoinks and just taken <laughs> out of nowhere. And he has to go follow them. And then we see towards the end of him rescuing them, I guess they didn't want the astronauts to leave because of the, um, gosh, I'm blanking on that name. Um, you know, the, the little like weird brain controlled creatures. Cause they, yeah, they weren't affecting Mark and yeah. they wanted to know why, which is why he was a, Vil- a Viltrumite, which is, I, I guess it's just another name for a quick Krypton. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. But, um, yeah, and, and and that makes sense, you know, because you actually see the differences. It's not just, oh, well, you know, Mark's a Viltrumite, his dad's a Viltrumite, and the only difference between them looking like humans is their powers. You actually see more of, hey, like, this is actually what it means to be a Viltrumite, which I kind of wanted to touch on as well. What what do you think the end game is? Because, you know, um, we see that uh, Omni-Man and his wife are, you know, like they seem like they are like in love, but at the same time, it's like we've only heard stories of the Viltrumites. So, like, is everything that Omni Man is saying true? Yeah, it's interesting because um, Debbie keeps mentioning or mentioned that she wants to actually visit his planet and, and meet some of his family. So, it's kind of like, is he hiding something? We don't really know what his family is like or what his planet's like, but. Or what is maybe that's why he's murdering everybody in sight. Who knows? I don't know. I, I'm, I've been thinking about what his end game is. And like, I mean, we've seen the, they're like the poster, like the, the popular poster out there where it is, you know, Mark Grayson as invincible. And, you know, he's kind of like bloodied up. Um, and speaking of blood, have you actually noticed that like each title card, but with each um, passing episodes, it gets like bloodier and bloodier. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we see that poster with, you know, Omni-Man's kind of like in the far distance, like looking back at the sun. And I, I it's it's something with, I, I I can't say he wants to take over Earth, or maybe it, it is the fact that he's trying to make Earth into like another Viltrumite, or I'm not Viltrumite, but another home world for the Viltrumites. But 
Are there any others out there? We don't really know. The only ones, the only full-blooded or, you know, purebred, I guess you could say, would be Omni Man. And then we have Mark. But, you know, we, we haven't really met anyone else as of yet. And I, I don't know if that really will be explored in season one. Maybe, possibly not. But it it seems that everything is kind of just focused around um, Omni-Man's, like, field day, just having a mass murder fest. That's what's nice about having a comic book series revolving around a comic book that we know absolutely nothing about. It's not Marvel or DC where we can kind of, like, guess where it's going. Yeah, we're just along for the ride. We don't really know what's going to happen. Yeah, that 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 is true. But uh, did, have you noticed uh, any? I kind of wanted to move on here just a little bit. But um, any Easter eggs that you could you know point out just in general? I know there's a few in the Falcon, but we'll kind of get to that. <laughs> uh, I don't know, not really that I could think of. Yeah, I I couldn't really. Think I mean, of- obviously the the face hugging aliens is a pretty common sci fi thing. Yeah, you see then. Rick and Morty, aliens, pretty much anything and everything. But I, mean, I think Starro actually does the same thing in uh, DC for the Suicide Squad. Yeah, he's coming soon. <laughs> Did you see the second trailer? Yeah. So, like, yeah, so that was the one that played during Godzilla versus Kong. And I, go, I guess that's the Green Bam trailer. And everyone's like, oh, it's so much better. I was like, I mean, I like them both. Don't get me wrong. But like, I, I liked how quirky the first one was, but like th- this one was, I, I was just happy to see more, more of the movie, you know, without, and it does, doesn't seem like it's giving anything away, but it seems the green band trailer seemed more of like the, like by the numbers trailer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. But yeah. And any predictions? So let's uh, move on here. I guess uh, any predictions for episode five for invincible, anything you think is going to happen moving forward i have no idea that's what makes it so exciting <laughs> i feel it yeah i mean, I mean damien Darkblood was was sent back to hell or whatever he's not he's not here anymore or is he i mean he's, he's in the closet we saw him yeah i was i was wondering what that was exactly i was just like <laughs> but like i i th- i like damien Darkblood as a character because he does seem more of like a simpleton in a way, but he seems like extremely smart at the same time. And he kind of just grunts and groans, but I, the, the, the relationship between Damien Darkblood and Omni-Man is just like, it's really interesting because like after their conversation, Omni-Man, Omni-Man was just like, stay the fuck out of my way or something like that. And he just like closes the door, but he's see, but Omni-Man's clever because he was floating in. He didn't walk. I'm not sure where, if he was supposed to be somewhere he wasn't supposed to be, but you know, he's floating the entire time where they were having that conversation. So I was like, he's, he's, he's not an idiot, but he's a little bit concerning because when him and his wife go to uh, Italy or whatever, and you know, there's just like a big dragon attacking. And that was, he just lets it go. That and like the conversation that him and his uh, wife had, uh, he's like, you know, he's like, do you trust me? He's like, I need to let, he's like, I need you, to, he's like, I need to hear to say, you for you to say that you trust me. And then she's like, I trust you. And then, like, it was kind of like a, I don't know, like the magic words or something like that. You know what I mean? Very strange. Yeah, you could, you could tell it wasn't 100% truthful. Yeah. And he just, I mean, and like, you think he's going to go save the day, but he still doesn't. He's like, oh, he's like, He's like, I'm spending time with my beautiful wife. He, he's like, you know, like let them handle it and whatnot. I was just like, wow. Like, okay. So he's really just cool, whatever. But yeah, I mean, I pretty, um, I think, you know, we pretty much touched on everything unless there was anything else you wanted to kind of bring up before we get into our ratings. So we can move on to our next review. Let's do it. All right. So what would you give uh, rating wise for episode Four of Invincible titled Neil Armstrong, Eat Your Heart Out. I guess the only the only issue I'm, I've been having with the series so far is that it's been tough to live up to episode one because episode one is what really kind of blew everyone away and, and sucked everyone into the series. Mm. So these past three episodes haven't been quite on that level, but you can tell that they're building to something special. Like you can tell that we're in for something good. But it just hasn't quite been up to the level of the first episode. So I'm going to give it like a solid B. 
okay. kind of just a bit of a filler episode with, with some more hints dropped, but still good overall. Okay, yeah, I was actually going to give it a um um a a B actually a, a B plus just because like I see where you're coming from with like the first episode, but like I feel like that happens with a lot of um a lot of shows nowadays, even with like, you know, like the wall and solar opposites. It's like, you know, we see the world building and everything and like we get sucked into it, but it's like, I, I really did like this episode a lot just because of all the trails and like the crumbs that we've seen so far. It's like, it was, it was, and it was like a very tense episode. Um, I'm trying to think if there was anything that I really had an issue with. I guess the Mars stuff was kind of like if like that I wasn't as interested in the Mars stuff. Like I wanted to know what it was basically a side quest. Yeah, pr- pretty much. But you know everything else. It, but I really like how Mark was. You know he was talking to Amber and he's like, hey, you know he's like, I'm gonna be going away for two weeks. Don't lo- don't lose interest in me. And <laughs> he's like literally watching the shuttle launch. She's like, okay, I have like 30 seconds. She's like, oh, like when are you leaving? And he's like, like now, <laughs> like now, now. So, I mean, there, there's always that, but yeah, I, I, I do see where you're coming from, but um, yeah, I, I'll give it a B plus, you know, like it's, it's good, but not great. Um, but I'm, it, it's, you know, it's, it's sucking me in. It's, it's, it's pulling me back in for sure. But yeah, I think that pretty much concludes our uh, review of uh, episode four of Invincible. So let's get into our Falcon and the Winter Soldier review. Let's do it. Superheroes cannot be allowed to exist. I have no intention to leave my work. I'm finished. All right. And we're back with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, episode three, titled Power Broker. Devin, another another good episode. Um, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. What, what about you? Um, I definitely had some some issues with it. There were some strange parts that we'll talk about, at least for me. But overall, it was it was definitely enjoyable. At least the the second half was more enjoyable for me. Yeah, I, I've I've from what I've seen on Twitter, a lot of people were saying that oh, like they liked it. Um, I think Amanda, um, friend of the podcast, um, she was saying that she liked it, but she's not sold on the flag smashers as of yet. Um, there were a few. It wasn't like weird. It just seemed that like things were resolved quickly. Yeah, that's, that's between... what I was going to bring up once we get into spoilers. Yeah. So yeah, and you know, initial reactions. You know, we'll we'll get uh we'll go past that here really quick. But yeah, um, I I really I liked it. You know, we got we got some some nice little surprises um throughout this episode. Um, it was more action packed. Like the the entire series of Falcon and Winter Soldier. So far, like, I mean, it's not that it feels by the numbers, but it is that, like, traditional Marvel, you know, adventure. Like, this is more of, like, the espionage. And I had said this, like, a few weeks ago while WandaVision was still going on that, you know, like, I, I'm excited for Falcon and Winter Soldier, but it does feel like um, kind of like the aftermath to, I mean, it is the aftermath to Endgame, of course, because, you know, we are dealing with the Flag Smashers who want to unite the world under um you know no no borders as as they say but it is um it is more of a traditional um show so far and kind of just you know the action the espionage that we've seen from um from the winter soldier captain america winter soldier feels more like a 2.0 maybe like a 3.0 there but it, it does expand you know the side characters of captain america so far yeah, and this one was this episode was written by Derek Kolstad, who was the writer of the John Wick trilogy. And you oh, can really? really feel that, like the second half, it was very like Wickian kind of. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah I know what you mean, but yeah, you know, initial thoughts like I I did I did enjoy this. Um, I think for some I can't remember I can't say if I enjoyed it more. So I mean, the ending was pretty surprising and yeah. there were a few things in here that you know really just blew my mind but you know it's it's not as as experimental as wandavision i think that's why i love wandavision so much um like we said before you know with, with all the vfx you know the 10 minute like credit scene like a lot of work went into that show and we actually saw that you know for the behind the scenes the making of wandavision and i'm sure we'll see it for uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier as well, but 
yeah, overall, you know, it's it's been a it's been a fun ride so far. We are halfway through the series uh, for Falcon and Winter Soldier as well. So you know, we got Invincible halfway, and now we got Falcon and Winter Soldier. But yeah, so that you know, well, that that pretty much covers my initial reaction. So from here on out. We got spoilers coming up. So we're going to be doing an yeah. episode breakdown. So give me what you got, Devin. Show me the goods. The the biggest issue I had, man, it was it was so weird. That prison break is one of the worst scenes I've ever seen in the MCU. <laughs> I don't understand what that was. It was. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> it was so bad. It was very... Um, yeah, it was it, it it was it was pretty strange. I mean, I mean Baron Zemo is like a top world notch. world top one of the world's top terrorists who killed so many people and caused the Avengers to break up. And he's just in this like pretty low security prison and just basically walks out. <laughs> Literally. Like Acor- according to Bucky's plan, all you have to do to break out of prison is have two people start a fight and you're out. It's it's that easy. That that whole sequence, like, I mean, I see what they were doing, but, you know, it's kind of like the, you know, the cutaway, like, oh, you know, like, hot, yeah, you're, using, you're telling the plan and then as you're telling the plan, it it's actually going, unfolds. Yeah, which which I like. I like it when movies and TV shows do that. It's just here it was not ex- executed as well. as It was I. just <laughs> so weird. He literally just walks out. Like why was his why was his cell even open in the first place? I don't get it. Like I'm sorry, but okay. So, um, do you plan on watching Daredevil at all? Because I wanted to bring up a scene from Daredevil. Uh, um, probably not for a little while at least. So I'll just say that there is a prison break scene in Daredevil season two that is phenomenal. Um, Matt Murdock breaks into the prison to get some answers um, about someone he's uh, hunting down. But like that for, for people who have seen daredevil season two, that is how you do a prison escape. I won't get into details for the sake of the podcast for Devin's sake and for anyone else who hasn't seen it. But if you haven't watched daredevil, it's on Netflix. Um, but season two has an amazing prison break scene. And it's just like, yes, that is how like, even though he's not breaking someone out, like Matt Mar- Murdock is trying to escape himself. And it shows how crazy and how sideways things can go in just an instant. But yeah, for, for Falcon and Winter, well, I guess by, you know, the comparison there, the Falcon and Winter Soldier, you know, prison break scene, it just, yeah, he, he just kind of walked out. It just, it just happened. <laughs> and, I mean, and I guess that's fine. It's just, I was trying to keep in mind, like, this is only six episodes. Only six episodes. I don't know why it's only six episodes, but it's only six episodes. I, I'd almost rather just have them have him break out off screen if that's what they were going to show us. Or, like, I wish Baron would have, like, broken out himself without the help of someone else. Like, yeah. if, if they would have went to go see Baron... And he had already broken out of that German shell. A German cell, Devin. A German cell. A German prison, I should say. And it's like, that. that's one thing I didn't, that, that didn't really, <laughs> it was weird. I was like, oh, like, he just kind of, he just dresses up and walks out, like, out of nowhere. Like, really? And it was, I don't know, it was like a fever dream. I didn't even know what happened. <laughs> It, is, it was just too easy. Like, I thought Zemo would have already been broken out. You know, Zemo being Zemo. Like, yes, he's only a guy. Like, he's he's an average Joe regular guy. But the power is in his mind. It's in his ideals. And he's not wrong. Because he talks a lot in this episode about how, you know, there's these false gods, these false heroes, and how American uh, Americans... Yeah, uh, Zemo was great this episode. Like, he definitely got more of a chance to show his personality than he did in uh, civil war. Like he got to kind of be more flamboyant and like the club scene, more, more, <laughs> more of like villainous and funny, I guess his, mm. his dancing, his dance moves. <laughs> were pretty good. He was like, okay, Zemo. <laughs> blend in with the crowd. But like he, he knows, he knows his stuff, man. He's, he's a very intelligent man. You know, we don't really see any flashbacks of him and his family. Uh, we just, the only thing we've really gotten is that, um, uh, the uh what you call it from 
um, Civil War. Sorry, I like blanked out there. But you know, and I was kind of wishing we got a little bit more of his backstory there. But it's like, you know, it, they just got straight to it. You know, like they got Zemo out. It's like, hey, you know, we're here to track down the super uh, super um, hero serum, <laughs> and you know, they're they're going. For, they ran uh, ran into Peggy Carter's uh, granddaughter. Sharon yeah. Carter. She's back. She's back. She's back. What did you think of her this episode? I thought she was she was a nice addition. She kind of kind of fits in with this this ragtag group they have going. Yeah. Oh yeah. She's, and I got, I want to I also want to talk about how cool Madripoor is. Like that is yeah badass city. That is bad. I mean, hey, Sharon's making a, a life for herself there. Just out of nowhere. But I, <laughs> it's just oh my gosh. Like there were so many great moments in this episode. Like even with um with Baron, you know, when they're going into Madripoor and they go to visit the. Uh, the old British lady when they're trying to figure out about the uh, uh, super uh, the, the serum, and you know they they had to like play dress up essentially, and it's like you know of course Bucky has to pretend that he's a Winter Soldier, and it's like you know he's he's come so far to kind of put that in his past, and he didn't really seem to mind it because he, he was he was handling those he boys. Everyone does. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and it's like just because he's not the the. Uh, Winter Soldier anymore doesn't mean you know you can't kick ass and take names, but like I mean, come on, it's it's very. <laughs> but you know, he, he handled himself and you know playing the part and Sam being what was it? Not White Tiger, but like uh, something Tiger. It was something super silly. Um, not Crouching Tiger. Um, <laughs> I'm drawing a blank on it. But you know, he's he's pretty much dressed up as like a Black American pimp. <laughs> He was fitted. He was fitted. I mean, he looked good. He kind of looked like Mike Tyson, if, you know, just, just just a younger Mike Tyson, a more leaner Mike Tyson. But yeah, we, I mean, we got that and, you know, um, stuff kind of goes sideways when they're trying to figure out the serum because Sam, uh, uh, Sam Wilson gets a call from Sarah and the, um, the British lady, she's like, oh, she, she's like, put it on, uh, she's like, answer it and put it on speaker. I was like, yeah, that was awkward. I mean, he kind of almost got away with it. So he's like, "Okay, Sam." Sam, like he kind of he could have like probably could have recovered from that. It's like, oh, you know, like that. Like so, some people call me Sam because, like, clearly his his nickname that's not his real nickname, or that's not his real name. But you know, it, it is what it is. But yeah, um, what did you think of the um, Baron? Kind of just you know. He's, he seems that he's with Sam and Bucky, but at the same time, he feels like he's he has his own agenda, clearly, because he shot the crap out of that guy. I, I like that they reminded us that he is a baron, so he's, like, filthy rich and is, like, literally royalty. So, like, he can kind of just do what he wants. Yeah. Like, he has his own private jet and everything. That was really not. I'm surprised that, like, you know, none of his assets or anything were, like, frozen. Nothing was, like, liquidated. It's, like... No, it's just like as if he never left in a way, but he had his little butler, his butler, who seemed thrilled to have him back. <laughs> kind of like a happier version of uh, Alfred there, but, you know, yeah. a happy German version of Alfred, but <laughs> I don't know. But what, what did you think of the Flag Smashers uh, this episode? Uh, we're kind of getting a little more background on on them and what they're working for. Seems like they're trying to, to save some people with the super super soldier serum <laughs> yeah, and killing people to get it. But I don't know. I don't know. Car- Carly Morgenthau got yeah. some emotions this episode. She did. Um, and I, I think the, um, you know, the, the dying woman, I think that's her mother or her caretaker, whoever it may be, you know, she's kind of like, and I think that's what she's trying to find the serum for is to save her life, if I'm not mistaken. And it was, I mean, it, it was a nice little moment. You know, the flag smashers are, I'm trying to figure like, and, and then of course we get John Walker <laughs> coming yeah, back. He, in. Him, and his, him and his buddy are kind of just lagging behind the whole time. So <laughs> I can't catch up. Well, what do you, what did you think of his outburst when he was, he was, he's like, you know who I am. And the guy's like, yeah, of course he, of course he pulls that card. Yeah. It, it's, it's, that's not no captain America. Uh, you know, Steve Rogers would never do that. He would never say, like, do you know who I am? And it, that kind of shows 
a bit of the corruption corrupted side on on his part because it's like <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I thought it was going to be a little bit more, you know, out there, but you know, the guy kind of just spits in his face, and they're just yeah. I mean, it's it's like you say, you know, they're, they're tracking behind, they're, they're doing the best that they can, and I really don't know what their motives are. But between you have John Walker, you have Zemo, and then you have um, the Flag Smashers, and it's like. Okay, well, obviously, like you would, you know, Zemo is like num- the number one villain. The Flag Smashers, it seems that they are more of a distraction. Like they are like this radical group, you know, going through uh, middle um, um, uh, Europe and kind of trying to do their own thing. But um, it seems that Carly is, you know, she blew up like, an entire building of people in there. And she's yeah, like, and even her partner was like, why did you, we didn't have to do that? Yeah. It was like, it's the only way they, they, they'll learn. Yeah. It's, she, she was saying that like, it's, it's the only language they understand. And it's like, she's not wrong. You know, you got to fight fire with fire. You got to show them that you mean business, but I guess there's, <laughs> there are other ways <laughs> to do that, but eh, it is what it is. But was there anything you wanted to touch on? I know I've been bad. What, what did you think of that? Uh, that weird creepy scientist guy in the, in the basement. <laughs> Like, he seems not, like, sincere, but, you know, I mean, he talked pretty easily. Like, he, he seemed pretty slimy. Yeah, and I guess he was making more um, serum. I keep seeing saying super soldier serum. It's, like, man, it's, it's tough to say. It really is. We'll, we'll, we'll call it the good stuff, the uh, the juice, if you will. Yes. <laughs> the, you know, he's, he's, he's sitting there making the juice and just, you know, ha- having a good time and out of nowhere, just, he just has this random lab, like in the middle of this random, like, you know, crate that's just there. And it's like, what is I also, this? I'm intrigued by who this power broker is. We got to find that out. Kind of seems like they're running everything. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And we also have the power broker um, coming into the mix. And I mean, we only have three episodes left after this. So I, I feel like, I feel like this is a more like, this isn't like a super out there story. Like they are, trying to keep it more contained. So we had to figure out who the power broker is. We had to figure out, I mean, we kind of know Zemo's end game from what we've seen in civil war, but I, yeah, I like how he, he uh, found that gun and shot the scientist. Cause he's just like, if they got this guy knows how to make the serum, he's dead. No more. That is true. They need this information. Yeah. He, he, he uh, Zemo was snooping around there and it's just like, he found the gun and it's like, I kind of understand why he just shot him. Cause it's, he seems to be the only seems to be the only person who knows how to make the serum, the juice, excuse me. But he, it, I did not expect that at all. He just out of nowhere, like, you know, puts on the mask and just starts going haywire. But like, I guess he kind of makes sense, but he didn't really explain himself in a way. And, you know, he kind of want to keep talking, but it's like, you know, no more. Oh, that's such a cool shot. Like the overhead of him on top of the crates. Puts the mask on and then brains hell on everyone. Just jumps down and <laughs> yeah, kicks some ass. Well, even that is Sharon Carter like holding her own while they're investigating the science. That was like such a John Wick like gunfight. It really, like, that, that whole scene with her. She took down like twenty guys. I was like, damn, that's impressive. Like, I I really really like that. That was that was good stuff. But I'm trying. Um. So and also, um. You know, we we kind of moved past that and you know, all hell breaks loose. Um, Sharon Carter, she kind of talks about like in the episode, how she can't go home. You know, she it's uh, out of everyone, you know, who has been affected by the uh, Sokovia Accords. It seems that she's the one getting the short end of the stick because she helped Sam and Bucky, you know, grab, you know, grab Captain America's shield and get all their gear back. That was technically, you know, government stolen property. So it's like, she can't go home. She said, you know, like, my father doesn't even know if I'm alive or not. It's like, you know, I have no way of contacting him. I have no way of contacting anyone in my family. And Sam and um, Sam and um, and her make a deal. So it's like, you know, well, she, he's going to ask for her pardon to come back to the States because it seems that she wants to, but she can't. But she made a pretty good life for herself there. So it's, it's kind of like a 50-50, you, you know. You want to remain rich and, you know, it seems like she has a lot of connections too, which is actually kind of cool, but yeah, it is what it is. But towards the end of the episode, 
you know, once I think did they, they did they make it to the power brokers? Um, I think they're, I think they're trying to find Carly. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. They are trying to find Carly. And then, you know, when, when, when they get, Oh, that's right. Cause Zemo said that they know a place where they can stay. And then, um, you know, <laughs> we get the winter soldier over here, uh, Bucky being all, you know, oh, I'm just going to take a little bit of a walk. They're like, all right, you know, whatever, whatever. And he finds these small little like tech tech balls just floating around everywhere. And then it's, um, one of the Wakandans has been, Wakanda is back, baby. <laughs> it it, it when, you hear, when you hear that music, you just you just have to get hyped. Yeah, I mean, like it, it really did bring a smile to my face because it's like even then, like yeah, like Bucky is known as like the White Wolf, whatever. But like, yeah, we, we never got that that backstory fully, so we can finally explore that more. Yeah, I'm really excited that Bucky was the one that found out that someone was trailing them, and then it seems that she wants Zemo dead. Yeah, because Zemo's the one that killed um, yeah. Tanaka. Yeah, King Ch- uh, King Ch- <laughs> Any user, yes. That's a, that's a dynamic that I think a lot of people, including me, forgot about. Like I Zemo, totally forgot about King Zemo killed the king. Like that's a big deal. Yeah, and, and it, they just broke him out of prison like it was nothing. That's got to have some consequences. That was. T- I, I, I want I want someone from Wakanda to be like, why was that so easy? Honest, yeah, I, I, cause I, it's kind of like in, um, in Endgame when, uh, Wanda is kind of like up in the watchtower, you know, someone who can clearly handle herself and she finally goes down and helps out. And Akoya is like, what was she doing up there all this time? And it's like, there you go. You know, the, 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 the common sense, the, the questions that the audience themselves are asking as, you know, the movie is going on. And it's like, you know, but yeah, this, it, it really is interesting. I was like, Oh, I did not expect that at all. So it's like, you know, that might be, this might tie into black Panther two a little bit. I really don't know. I highly doubt it, but it, it is nice to see, uh, you know, worlds blending in together again. Um, yeah, I mean, it's so cool to have like these fictional cities blend into each other, like Madripoor and Takanda. Yeah. It's, Wakanda. Like, yeah. it's so cool to explore those. Yeah. And we, we got, we got a little bit of a, you know, blending of, uh, or, uh, movie titles together with WandaVision. We had Darcy and whatnot, and we had Jimmy Woo and all that jazz, but it's, it is really nice to see these. It's really nice to see the side characters shine. And I think that's what, um, I think that's what these Marvel TV shows are focusing more on because obviously, you know, you have the big name heroes. Like, I don't think we would ever see Tom Holland, um, in a, um, in a Marvel TV show. I mean, maybe we might, I mean, we, you know, we've, we've had the side characters show up, you know, obviously with Sam and Bucky, but it, it is really just nice to see the side characters and how the world really expands like with them in it, because it's just, you know, they're, they're a part of this universe too. It's not just all about, you know, Hulk and Thor and uh, Captain Marvel and everybody else, the guardians of the galaxy. You, you got to focus on the, uh, the side characters. They're just as important and some side characters end up being just as popular as, you know, the big time heroes. So it's always that it's always good stuff, <laughs> but um, any predictions for season four here before we uh, give our rating? Um, or was there anything? Know. Sorry, go ahead. There's a lot, there's a lot, uh, not building up here. It really is. There's like, a, there's like a lot of different factions going on. Yeah. You got the power broker, you got the flag smashers, you got that Sin and his buddy, and you got Bucky and uh Wait, it, sorry, uh, say that one more time. You, you were cutting out. Uh the fake fake Captain America and his buddy, and you got Bucky and Falcon. They're all <laughs> just gonna go at each other. Yeah. No, you know, you're fine. Yeah, here's a sound a little bit like a robot, but hey, it is what it is. That's fine. So, but yeah, um, what would you give this episode, um, you know, rating wise? It's tough. All I can think about is that prison break. Cause that was like, it felt like the whole first half of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would give this. I, I'm going to go like, I'm, like, I'm going to go like a. You're going to go C plus. B minus or C plus. Yeah. I was going to go B minus. Uh, I'll get. I'll give it a a B minus on the. Um, let's see. I'll, I'll I'll give it a B minus as a 
80. It's an 80. I'm going to give it like a 79. Yeah, C, C plus. Like, okay. That makes sense. I don't know. It's just, it was just such a weird scene. <laughs> yeah, it was that, that, that was just because, I mean, like they finally meet up with Zemo, like during the very beginning of, of the episode. But at the same time, it's like, you know, it, it's, it took forever. Like we got, we got to see a lot of Zemo though, you know, which is great because, you know, he is as, as we suspect the main villain. And I, I, I kind of like how there isn't a lot of theorizing around this, but um, I think uh, I was talking to Ethan about it and he thinks that Sam's going to end up with the super soldier serum at some point. So I'll have to wait and see. I don't know. Anything yeah. else? Yeah. Anything else you wanted to, uh, Touch on before we wrap up. I think we're good. All right, let's get out of here, guys. It's been a long week for both of us. It's time to uh, unwind and whatnot. We have our Godzilla versus Kong review that I will be um, covering with one of my friends, Parker Phillips, um, potential new member of the pod. So <laughs> um, me and him are going to be uh, recording that. That will be out this, probably this weekend or either Monday at the latest. Because we got this one coming out. Because you know the, the, this is all the the, the cape shit, the, the good shit, the, the juice, the, <laughs> the juice shit. But hey, it is what it is. So uh, let's get out of here, Devin. And that's a wrap for today. Thank you all for listening, and make sure to check out the other shows over on MusicCityDriving.com and subscribe to our show so you never miss an episode. That was Devin. My name is Christian, and we'll see you guys in the next one. Peace.